Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, before this show starts, just want to let you know that over on Red Men Plus, our subscription service, we've got tons and tons of Liverpool content in podcast form as well. You love podcasts, we love making podcasts. Go and check it all out. That's redmenplus.com. Sign up for as little as £5 a month. You will not regret it. Now, enjoy the show. Hello everyone, it is time for another Red Men podcast. I am Paul Machen, I'm joined by Steve Hall. And this week we've got Nicky Alton, finally. I think it's taken me about 10 years to finally get you in on a podcast. The reason being is that I just think that younger people should be coming on the team today. And, you know, I've sort of had my day. I love writing the shows and I love writing stuff, but it's hard to be behind stuff and not really front of stuff. I just think it's time for to hear a young person's point of view. Well, you say that, but have you been on Twitter lately? Young people, a lot of the young people on Twitter have got nothing but shy to say. So we'll, we'll, have a, we'll, play, we'll play the role of middle ground for now uh, and see how we get on with it. Um, yeah, uh, Nikki has got a, a, a brand new play. Well, a, a, an updated version of it of, of a play on at the World Cup. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later on. Um, I had such a good time with that last time around, so I'm quite excited to talk about it. Um, we have got a kick-off question before we get into everything, though, and it comes from Richard G, who's one of our Club Legends subscribers. He says, Trent has won all there is to win. He's even got a Premier League Club World Cup, two trophies that Stevie never got. Could Trent start being classed as the greatest scouser to play for Liverpool? Or if not, how many more trophies and which ones does he need to earn? Um, That's a big question. It is, isn't it? On a Tuesday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean... I, he can't be the greatest, though. I mean, look at people like Phil Thompson. Yeah. He'd won, like, European Cups and, like, about 10 leagues, and I don't know, whatever. But this, I was going to say, yeah. if, it's, if it's based, it's not based on trophies, because it oh. just isn't, because it just, it just can't be, because... Phil Thompson pretty much won more than Stevie, but people, a lot of people, especially again, well, definitely won more than Stevie. Well, sorry, yeah, 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 but then our generation, and again, it might be different, but like, we'll still see Stephen as the best. So it's like, to just to say which trophies does he need to win is kind of irrelevant. It's more, can he, if Trent sustains his level for like another 10 years, then he's he's in the conversation well, where he's gonna it's gonna be hard to well, get past Steven Gerrard. Who are the ultimate scousers to play for Liverpool then? So like obviously Steven Gerrard and we've mentioned Phil Thompson. Tommy Smith. Tommy Smith. The sixties side had quite a few of them and then going forward to the seventies side. Uh, ooh, Chris Law and I'm thinking of people who've won a lot of stuff that's Phil Neal but he's not a scouser. Uh, Terry Mack Terry McDermott. Uh, Cali. Jimmy Case in I'd have him as the greatest. See that because that's that's because well, what, but what you're getting across this is you're getting a broad spectrum of 
in Gerard, you've got the undisputed talent. I yeah. think they're probably the most talented, certainly the most talented scouser I think ever to ever to play. Yeah, I'd say so. Then when you come to like, obviously the most appearances is Ian Carrigan by an absolute mile. And Carragher's close. And Car- yeah, you've got Carragher. Yeah, Carragher's, yeah. Carragher's a couple hundred behind, isn't he? But you know, to to that point, no, he's about a hundred behind, isn't he? Is yeah. he really? Okay, yeah. Well, there you go. You've then got. Obviously, Phil Thomas has got got the the trophies and the and the, and the medals to, to to lay out and all that. Mm. But I think it's an interesting question because Trent's got the potential. He's got the potential to get the appearances. Yeah, he's got the talent mm-hmm. without a doubt. He's certainly the most talented scouser since Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, yeah, in terms of what he can do, and he's already started to amass silverware. If he adds a few more trophies on top of that, and then he goes, you know, he could potentially do another ten years at Liverpool. Have Eight hundred, you know, six hundred, seven hundred appearances for the football club. Have a handful of Premier Leagues, European Cups, and whatever under his belt. I think sometimes you know when I, it'll go against the grain of what a lot of people think because he's already doing brilliant, brilliantly where he is in his position. But I just think he should be in Steven Gerrard's position. Yeah. I think he should be in the centre midfield. People are moaning about a midfield player now. I think if he took, stuck Trent there. I, he can tackle, head, cross, and it's a bit like Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard often ended up in the right back position, crossing yeah. the ball. Yeah. So. yeah, well, it's it's an interesting point because obviously Pep Landers loves Trent and he always goes on about how he had him as the DM in his like development side, and he, look, he's made he's 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 reinvented the right back position. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he, there's no one else who can quite play it like him. Mm-hmm. But we're always going to have that because I think how we all recognise what footballers look like. Mm-hmm. He looks like a midfielder. He plays like a midfielder. You yeah. know, he, a lot of his positioning is central at times for, for the club. And maybe we'd recognise it more. Maybe there's just... Because you still have... The problem with him playing right back, and this is the one thing that will hamper him, is I still hear people going, he can't defend. Which is nonsense, by the way, because he can't defend. He's too busy attacking. Well, exactly. Exactly. The system literally requires him to be down the other end of the pitch. Mm. If he had another half a yard of pace, you know, if if he had Kyle Walker's pace, you'd be taught no one would have any doubt over everything he had because he'd be able to bail himself out of trouble a bit more. Mm. But the fact that he doesn't have that means he has to work a little bit harder. But yeah, if he played centre mid, I don't think he'd, and no one would have anything left to criticise him for. No. So he's he's gonna when he finishes, he's gonna be like if you pick an all time Liverpool eleven, mm. he's probably in it now. To be honest, I don't know who else he probably is, but. He's definitely being. He is going to be in the top five scousers, top three. Like Gerard, I, 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 for my era, Fowler is definitely a Fowler's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's look, but there's, there's so many of them. But and again, right back, it's just a, it's not a very sexy position. Mm-hmm. Being the goal scorer, well, Jamie Carragher did no one any no fullbacks any favours by basically saying they were all failed. Failed. Fail yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants to be. No That's what he said. Yeah, almost be Gary Neville. No, it's like. Yes, Gerard was the action in the middle of the park, and then the goal scorers or the big centre halves lifting the European Cups. Like, there's a chance Trent becomes Liverpool captain. In fact, I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Yeah. At once, at one stage, he'll be Liverpool captain as well, and then that'll even that'll add yeah. to his argument even yeah. more. If I say something to his both there, because it's quite interesting. Because I will, I will probably uh, forget this. Is when we were writing the stadium tour, me and Dave Kirby, we had to ask each individual individual player what their hopes for the future and what their ambitions were. And Trent was very, very young then. He must have been 17, just breaking into the team, whatever he was. And I remember him very coldly and coolly saying, I want to be the captain of Liverpool Football Club. And he said it so coolly and quietly because he he wasn't speaking much. He was quite shy then. And we were like, he means that. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's true. I have a great story about about Gerard and the, whether this is true. This is just one of those like sort of teenage folklore thing that gets passed around school. Was how he was going out with Jennifer Allison, and apparently she they, they broke up because she wanted to go out and he wanted to be Liverpool captain. You know what I mean? It was like so that was like the, the I love. No, what I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say he slide tackled in a nightclub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he just got a little bit. He just got, got a little bit. Of it on, on Two fault today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, but yeah, like the the, the trend thing with we're in a weird position now where it's like people don't want him to be that good and of course it's because every football club because there's that many English right backs now every half decent football club's got a half decent right back so you're trying to find ways to claw the other ones down instead of celebrating them and it, it, it's the assisting a, couple, a few more goals a season I think I'll add add to his lustre a little bit because you can't deny goals whereas you can deny assists because of you know you, you're having people trying to like denigrate getting double figures assists every season and it's like oh well like volume merchants and oh he just does it in the Liverpool system says blah 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 you're like it's astonishing what he's been able to achieve as a footballer so far. And what your problem you've got as well today is footballs have got to be so much more in today's modern game. Mm. It's like the kid who he just sold uh, to not Forest. Yeah, Nico. I thought he was going to be a great player, yeah. but what he had, to, he had to do more than just be a right back. Now I thought if you left him, it's just right back. He had pace. He was solid in the tackle. And if he was just like an old style right back, you go, we've got a kid here for the next ten years. Yeah. But he wasn't even expected to be a winger in all kinds. Yeah. And you get caught. You're going to get caught out. Yeah, no, it's absolutely, it's absolutely true. So it, is a, it is a fascinating one. It makes you wonder because we're going to talk about the midfield because it's the, it's the, it's like the only remaining talking point about Liverpool. You know, mm-hmm. it's the, the, Liverpool are that good that we have to find something to have a problem with. Don't they just? Don't these people on social media have to find a problem? Though? Don't we just? Yeah, oh. there's always got to be something. I mean, people, I, 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 I would contend, and I've long contended that everyone needs to have a little bit of misery in their life because it's like a common unifier it's something you can talk to about anyone misery loves company doesn't it it does it's true <laughs> yeah, we said this yeah. about we you know think about how many crap jobs you've done over the years and I used to work in like shops and you'd be stood around doing fuck all all day and so you needed something to talk about this 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 like a strange bunch of people you've got nothing in common with you've got to find something to do so you bitch about your boss mm. or you bitch about the customers yeah. or you complain about like some function of your job or whatever that's the thing that unifies staff together in that thing and I think people have that in life do you know if I say to you there and, and the, the reason I sort of don't go along with that and it, you're totally right that is what people do is everyone's got misery coming to them because people are going to lose parents they're going to have sicknesses in the family they're going to have sicknesses themselves so misery's going to come to you so you know what? Don't bring it on. Yeah. So don't talk about it. I, sometimes I, maybe I'm too optimistic and too positive. But I mean, like this year, uh, December, lost my dad. My mum's had a stroke and stuff like that. They're old. It happens and everybody is going to get misery. You can't avoid it. We all avoid it. As human beings, we pretend it's not going to happen to me. Yeah. We're all going to die. We're all going to get old. You were talking about it when I come in. Yeah. But the point of it is, when Liverpool Football Club are doing so well, yeah. I don't understand these people who are moaning like when we drew with Fulham. Know all the greatest Liverpool sides. If you go back in the history of them, a lot of them had off days first game of the season. There was little draws, there was defeats. And then you picked up as the season went. But people today have got no patience for it. Yeah, well, there you go. You heard it first from Nicky Holt. We're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So just enjoy Liverpool. Yeah, cheer Just party, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, Sal, uh, we're going to be talking about the Fulham game because Liverpool were crap, but we're going to go through it and see if we can piece some bits together uh, post that. And then we're going to be moving on to talk about it. Uh, you'll never walk alone. We're going to be talking about the midfield. And we'll have a little bit. If we've got time, we've got a few minutes to laugh at Manchester United, which always adds uh, to our mood. Uh, right, it's a very short break from us and we will return. Ta-da. 
Red Men Plus is here and we're ready to be your partners in what will be an unbelievable journey following Jürgen's Mighty Red. Hendo, 10 Years of Red, a three-part podcast series looking back at the amazing career of Liverpool captain Jordan Henderson, featuring the likes of Jürgen Klopp, He's brilliant in small spaces. He's absolutely brilliant footballer. So that's yeah why we play him in such decisive positions like six and other and other things. Steven Gerrard. Look, I think when you when you sign for Liverpool and you come out of your city, i.e. Sunderland at such a young age, you're gonna have your moments and you're gonna have times where you need some support and it's not really working out. So Kenny Dalgleish. For me to present it to Jordan was a was a huge honour for me. To give a special trophy to a special guy. That special football club is. It doesn't get much better, does it? Jamie Carragher. What you noticed straight away was sort of the personality, the character of, of the player as well, was pretty good and pretty special. So you knew he'd have half a chance because of that. And Trent Alexander-Arnold. When I first went and trained with him, like he blew me away how good he was technically, and that like, I was kind of like, whoa! I didn't realise he could like, play like that or he, he could do that. Hendo, ten years of red. The amazing three-part podcast series, available now on Red Men Plus. Yes, welcome back. Uh, it is a brand new season. Uh, it hasn't quite started as we all dreamt, um, but we've got you covered from all angles over on Red Men Plus. Uh, do head over there. Um, right, we uh, drew 2-2 with Fulham a week after beating Manchester City in the, in the big 50p. Um there's no escaping it, Nicky. Liverpool were crap at the weekend, um, and yeah. the game was a bit. The game was poor. It wasn't what we expected. Um, I, the thing that the, the note of encouragement on all this, I think, if your football team's bad, or you think your football team's bad, but then it doesn't seem to be backed up, you know, like maybe the manager doesn't recognise it. I think the fact that Jurgen Klopp just come out and was just like, yeah, they'll do it. It's it's. Doesn't change it, but it actually gives you that sense of confidence that we should all have because we know Liverpool's manager knows what he's doing. But it is refreshing sometimes where he do he just he does just come out and you go, Whew, okay, well at least they they obviously recognise that as a situation as opposed to like, oh no, you see a lot of managers go, Oh no, look at the positive here and the positive here and the positive there. He was he, he had no time for the positives, he was focusing on it was a bit shit. I seen uh, what's your name? It's Graeme Sunes basically sum it up quite right yesterday. He, he sort of said it and it's always true in any football game, it's still eleven on to eleven, no matter who you've bought and who you've got. And Liverpool started the game slowly and poorly. Fulham started like it was the FA Cup final, like it was the Champions League final. The minute you don't step into that level, it's very hard to drag it back in. When a team's 15, 20 minutes in and you're looking around going, God, these aren't giving us a minute on the ball. It's very hard to turn your game round and go, right, we better get like them. Yeah. You've got to start like them. And I think Liverpool in the last, like, what, since Klopp's been there, have always started that way. Uh, so when people start to moan about it, I don't get it because maybe it comes with longevity or being a, a long-time fan or a fan of maybe 10 years or whatever, that you watch games and when you're playing poorly, you think... We're a brilliant team. We're going to win all kinds. We, we're doing. We're winning all kinds. Just take it easy. It's going to be okay. Yeah, and, and, and it, I guess the only thing that kind of come of it, which Jürgen does himself no favors, the dry pitch stuff. Like it's honestly, I I wonder whether he does it half as a joke sometimes because, and they don't get me wrong, I'm not sure he did, but it's a bit of a joke. In, I know it's a bit of a joke amongst the players. I mentioned this on a on a show this week how we did we played Pro Evo with Divock. Uh, Carius and Joe Gomez a few years back, and when the ball and, and, and Carius actually brought the keeper out and the ball stuck and he got lobbed, which was hilarious. We didn't know. Little did we know his career would pan out from there. But they all laughed about the dry pitch. They were told the pitch was too dry, and so it's clearly a topic of conversation behind the scenes at Liverpool. 
But it goes to, it for me. It it does he does himself no favors when he mentions things like that because it's just so. It's just a second he said it, I was like, nothing he says either side of this is going to matter yeah, right. to all those horrible banter accounts and all the other people who are looking for something to, right to, to pick up. Yeah, and and that's what you had. You had like, it just like dry. it was literally like he came out <laughs> and like slammed his hand down and went that dry pitch. Yeah. That dry pitch is the reason why Liverpool <laughs> crap today. I mean, he never. It was a almost comma in a wider sentence. Did you yeah. watch the whole interview? I think it's like four minutes. And in every part of it, he was like, we were crap, paraphrasing, we were rubbish. The best thing is we drew because we were rubbish and we should have lost. And then he just, and then that pitch just, it just comes out. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's calculated. He's either really clever or sometimes he's like a, a really honest guy and he just talks what's on his mind and he's not, I don't know, like, the media train party, people just go, yeah, we were rubbish, we'll try again, we'll regroup, we'll go back and we'll try again. But Jürgen, he doesn't really do that because I think he, he's, he's very clever with the media and that he he tries to be as honest as he can and get up with, by keeping people on board as well. And I think sometimes it just slips out. He's probably thinking that, like, that, but that's going to happen at every single ground. It would it used to be worse. Like, you know, teams would, you know, turn eating off in the changing room. So you'd be, you know, all that, that, that just happens when you go away from home. Tough shit, get on with it. Yeah. I don't know if it's, if it's really clever in that he thinks... Rather than everyone going on for nine days until we play Palace, what's how crap Liverpool are? If they're just all talking about me in this dry pitch, the players aren't getting it as much. You know I mean because like there's only so much ridicule that people can spread around. And if it's well, are they going to get on Trent's back for the defending? Are they going to get on Fabinho's back or Henderson's back or Bobby's back or whatever? Or do I just throw this dry pitch thing out and get it on, mm. get it on me? Or the flip side is it's not that clever at all. And he's just saying what he thinks. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things. I think it's a bit like it creeps into people's talk. And you, you get it with footballers a lot where, or you get it with politicians where you've been briefed enough and key words then slip out when you're then talking because things that's been said and been said and been said. I think in the Liverpool changing room, they'll have gone, okay, it's like you work in a restaurant and when your restaurant's empty on a, on a night, you go, why is it empty? So you go, oh, is there an event on in town? Or, or what's the weather like? Or, or, or you know, uh, is, is it near, when's payday? How long is it till payday? So you come up with a bunch of quick reasons why it might have not worked for you. And the Zai pitch, I just think, is one of them. And the problem is, of course, I, 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 he either recognises it or he doesn't. And if he doesn't recognise it, then, he, you know, that's... He, he, he doesn't care that he's saying it out loud whereas it becomes a little bit of a point of ridicule because it's that old log, logic of it's a dry pitch for both teams um, but it's such a nothing thing I think Nicky just goes to show Jürgen Klopp's massive and Liverpool are massive the idea that Jürgen Klopp's saying such a, that something that is nothing could end up being reported in such a huge way kind of gives you the sense of just how big he, he is and everything he does is uh, if I was like if I had a name as, as big as him kind of thing in the job I'm in I'd like be banned off TV and I wouldn't get no work and stuff because I say stuff and virtually every few sentences I say. I think with him, I think it's an honesty thing. I think he struggles really to be deceivious. No one, he's in a, you know, to to show any deceit in an interview. You can see that. So I think things just slip in. I think he is. I think that is that he doesn't try and play the game. No. Perhaps, I don't think he. I, I was saying there's two sides. I think he has to be told to play it sometimes. So last last Christmas we went, COVID. I'll tell you anything you want to know. I'll tell you who's got COVID, and then and then someone went, stop telling Stopping, people who've yeah. got COVID because yeah. it means they can't play. Yeah. And he went, yeah, okay. And within a week, <laughs> his, his, his tune totally changed on that. When he told everyone, you know, everyone fly to Basel. And come and have a big party, and then the next press conference, he walks in and sits down and goes, "Before I start, 
if you're not having got it, don't fight to Basel. It's, it's, it's you know, and it's, you're right. He just, he just, he doesn't care. And we, have we been at press conference? We've seen how he interacts with the PR, with the PR people and stuff. And it, he just doesn't give a fuck. Basically, well, he's, you, just, he's an honest man. And he, if you ask him a question, and we've, we've, you spoke to him, and he, he will give, he won't bullshit you. No. He won't like, he won't do the, you know, we're just trying to get better. We're just trading every day, and we're, you know, one game. He is just literally, he'll tell you anything you want to know because he's so comfortable in his own skin. He doesn't need to fool you because. I've always said this. I thought Brendan Rodgers, for example, needed to. He was almost had a curry favour with Liverpool fans. Yeah. Like I don't think he felt comfortable. His his demeanour or his stature of being the Liverpool manager it was almost like he was acting up. Like imposter syndrome. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Jurgen could leave Liverpool tomorrow and he'd have a new job, and it would probably you know Real Madrid would sack their managers to get or you know yeah. or, you know he'd, he'd walk in. He'd be the next time, he would be. Not a lot of people can get that really, and I'm not saying Jurgen's bigger than Liverpool because he's not. But what I'm saying is. He's almost he's as he's he's, he's 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 worthy, so he doesn't have to try and prove himself. Why do you have to lie? Why do you have to the Jose Mourinho thing of getting the world against me and all? You know, if I, I prefer not to speak, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he'll just tell you what he thinks. Yeah. Do you know what's on there as well? A lot of that's in as people. So I want to get deep again, but now as we evolve, people can see when you're a phony now. Really, yeah. really can quickly. Years ago, loads of managers were playing mind games. Mourinho still does it, and it's like he's even outdated. It's boring, now. isn't it? It's boring, yeah. 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 And years ago, your Don Revies, your Bill Shankleys, all these people do it all playing mind games with wet pitches. This is going to happen. This player's not fit. It was all going on. I think today, if you're doing that, and it still goes on, people can see right through it. Yeah, Solskjaer was trying it last year, and everyone's yeah. going, mate, mate, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing, you idiot? Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing a, it was one of the reality shows, and I think it was a short lived one. I feel like it was on MTV. I can't remember what it was. It was, it was either 50 Cent one or a Puff Daddy one or whatever, but there's a guy and he's going, I'm playing mind games. I'm playing mind games and getting yeah. in your head and they're going, yeah, it's not mind games if you're telling us you're playing mind games, mate. You can't tell someone you're playing mind games. And that's basically what like these guys are like, they're like yeah, these days. Yeah. And I don't think, yeah, you're right. I don't think you're going to... If I just Jager give you a quick one as well, sorry, to, to interrupt you, there's no Brendan Rodgers. I wrote Celtic's show for them up there and I met him uh, a few times and he was a really sound fella, really nice fella, but it, it was like he wasn't that person you've seen in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. even he, he's... You become a little bit risk averse to what you're gonna say and to getting stick and to getting leathered off people. Brendan got it early. Yeah. And he realised I do have to put the barriers up a little bit. Yeah, Jürgen, yeah. Jürgen's going to, he's just walked in and been himself from day one pretty much. And so if he if he thinks the picture's dry, he'll just say it. But it's it's just a throwaway comment to him. But like you said, everything gets magnified a hundred thousand million yeah, there's, percent. There's a reason why no one talk no one's asked that Jürgen got his teeth done, whereas Brendan Rogers, it was like a massive talk of uh, points of points of comment. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, Jürgen's or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um right, I want to talk about um a couple of the performances in there, but I, I, I can't help but get this sense about this game, Steve. If Endo's goal goes in at the end, if he doesn't, if he rattles, if a gun pings in off the underside of the crossbar and in, we're not giving this any anything like the level of scrutiny that, yeah. that it's being. You're giving given. it the, you're giving it the mentality monsters thing, aren't you? You know, Alex Ferguson's team get loads of credit, Man United of, of the nineties and two thousands for scoring last minute winners. Mm-hmm. No one forgets for that. Why didn't you score another eighty nine? Why did you have to leave that? Because you probably didn't play very well. Yeah. But you get the mentality monsters thing, and like I say, that that is the game. It's it's it's. It's inches like there's, yeah. you know, another ref doesn't give that pen. Another ref gives the foul on Henderson in the build-up to the goal. This is not to say Liverpool weren't rubbish because Liverpool were rubbish. I, I can't emphasize enough. Yeah, and, and just to clarify, you know, they hit the post and that could that, that actually does hit the inside of the and post. That's even closer yeah. to it in the post than going in exactly. as well. So, so it works so, both ways. Sometimes he has it as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Sometimes you look, you look, but this isn't. Um, you know, 
sometimes you get away with one and you go, got away. You know, like that, that, we've done that loads. Liverpool have done that loads of times. I remember that Aston Villa game when we were 86 minutes and we were crap. Yeah. And then Robertson scores and then Manny scores. And it's like, oh, look how brilliant we are. Look, yeah, we're yeah. going to win the league because they were the mentality monsters and stuff. They didn't play well, but they nearly got away with it. That's, that, again, it's just a fine margin. What I would say, Paul, is if that goal goes in, like, it would be it would be what you say, like, an un, not undeserved win because you win with you win, but, like, you know, Fulham would be, like, a, I think very it, hard to I think, Yeah, I think, look, for people who analyse and people care to analyse, it would still be going back and going, right, look, Liverpool didn't get out the blocks, but you get to analyse it from a position of, like, we dodged the bullet. It's actually easier to do that because I think it's easier as a manager to be critical of your team when they've won because you can say... That was crap. That you, can, you can really have a bollocking at them yeah. because you're not, you're not, you're, you're not have to worry about picking them up because they're already up because they've just got the last minute winner. They're all buzzing. Rafa was like, Rafa did this a lot. You know, they walk off the pitch and like they've just won. He'd be like, yeah, but you did that, that, and that. That's the, you can do that when because this week now Jürgen's got to not only has he got to sort the tactics stuff out and what went wrong and there was quite a bit that went wrong and performances and now there's injuries and illness. They're all feeling really low as well. Yeah. So that that's a hard. It's hard to like. To really bollock someone when you're trying to pick them up at the same time, you've almost got to like gently ease them up a little bit. But yeah. that, that, if you won, you can just shout at them. And that's that. Do you think they're feeling low? I think they will be feeling like when, when I think they'll be feeling like they haven't played well, and I think that will. I don't think not low think, how not, we feel low. Yeah, not low like, as like human, yeah. normal human beings <laughs> yeah. feel low. Yeah, yeah. Where we're sat in the corner eating ice cream with our with our hoods up, you know, watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I Netflix, think I think like, if you ask dark, like I think if you ask a lot of them, they'll be. Down with how they play. I don't think yeah. the general. I don't think a draw away from home. I don't think they're gonna. You know they're gonna be like say they're not, they're not binge watching Netflix with Ben and Jerry's. But like, I think they'll be thinking. Oh, you know what? They, they, they'd love to have a game tomorrow. Mm. Just to put it right, and the fact that the, the the big massive gap doesn't, I think oh. they will. The fact that it's ridiculous that the season starts and you have got a game nah, for nine days. days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but also, I don't think. I don't think. The city result helps. I don't think the fact that Tottenham started and it, these, they, look, and this is why I think the, psychologically we're different to elite athletes. Believe it or not, <laughs> um, speak for yourself. Yeah, well, you know, the elite mentality runs in several ways, but not in this way. But no, we, but we 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 do take it more to heart, and we take it more to heart because it's not within our sphere of influence, and that's why we get more wound up by Liverpool defeats than probably the players do because they know. Well, I'm just going to work that hard and train, and someone's going to tell me a few different things to do, and then the next week I'm going to go, I'm going to go and put it right, and I get to put it right actively myself. So I think the, I think the players will be fine with that because there's, it, they, they can deal with it. It's one game, and they'll just go well. And this and this is the broader point on this. It's a draw. You know, it's only a problem if you draw the next game and the next game and the next game. Yeah. You know, or, or if you lose, if you run out of you run out of points that you can drop very early on. I mean, we had this in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So we finished second to Manchester United, and then we lose more games in the first five of the next season than we'd lost the entire season previously. And then you know your title challenge is over. Doesn't matter with Liverpool now because if Liverpool do that, they're going to the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that, but that, exactly, and that's the, that, and that is the difference with this side compared to sides previously. Yeah. And that's why I, I, you know we should all be more comforted, but we do naturally take it a bit more to heart than maybe these. I players just think will. there's always like X amount of games because City are so good as well. These two teams are phenomenal. Mm. There are X amount of games you can drop points in, mm. and it's probably like five or six maybe in a season, and. You fall away as your banker that you just you know that isn't going to be one of those six. So all I was saying today, what it means now is that in another game where the draws are good results, you probably have to go and win. Now, and Liverpool are capable of doing it. Like, yeah. if you said before the start of the season you're going to go to the Etihad and draw, and Chelsea and draw, and Tottenham and draw, you're like, yeah, you know what, that's that's not too bad. Liverpool, it might just mean that they have to go and win one of those games now, which they are more than capable of doing. Yeah. It's just, I think what's what's causing the anxiety, and we're going to talk about it later, is that it isn't just the fact that we that there's um, the draw. 
I think it's the injury and the amount of players absent. Jürgen, yeah, it's all... it's, I think it's. I think when Jürgen said before the season, in his press conference the day before we went to Fulham, he says we have got too many injuries, and I think when the manager does say that, everyone's like, "Fucking, we have got too many. Injuries. We really have got too many." I mean, you're looking at your bench, and with all due respect to to Sepp Vandenberg and to Stefan Bacetic, I think that when people look and go. They're on our bench, we, and then you realise there's a we've got a board over there, and all those players on the bottom are injured, and there's more on the bottom there than there is on the team almost because there's that many. I think that's where the anxiety is coming oh, from yeah, as well. So, so can I watch him just see from a, a, an older supporter's point of view? Literally, for me, I think because there's so much business involved in football, it is business now, of course. 100%. I just think Liverpool are doing absolutely fantastic, keeping up with Man City. So for me, I don't see no negatives. I, I really don't. I know modern day fans where look, it is what it is. Man City can spend that level of money now, so if they get an injury now, they can go and pay 60 million, throw it there, whatever. Liverpool don't. The fact of it is, is they don't. It is what it is. The fact that we're keeping on their tails and where we are, everything's positive to me. I'm like, look what Liverpool are doing. It's unbelievable. Because I, I remember the 90s, no trophies for ages. After 2007, was it the FA Cup or whatever? Won about one League Cup in about 10 years. It was, it was rubbish. Yeah. It was so crap that I'm looking at Liverpool and what they've done. And the whole rest of the league and country, and you should probably said this, should be thanking the world that Liverpool are there, given some kind of challenge. Because otherwise, City's just a, it's like some daft league, what they win every year. I think the problem that people have with it, you know, to get to continue with the broad borderline metaphysical of it all, is that if, if this feeling of like wasted years of your life, yeah, and I think people have had a bit too much of that in the last couple of years, okay. and the idea that you might feel like the seasons are somehow a write off, and it's, I mean, it's, it's not that's hyperbole and it's anxiety talking, mm. but like this, everyone's got this fear, mm. of, and, and the fact that we literally had a season on top of that when the injuries decimated what Liverpool were trying to do. Mm-hmm. That Jurgen Klopp's good, I think Jurgen Klopp signed the contract has helped, I think Salah signed the contract has helped. That should alleviate a bit of that, mm. but this idea that you're only going to get so many years where we're actually able to compete at the at the top alongside Manchester City, and you don't want to run the risk of of, of wasting any mm. of them. But ju- just to go back a point, um, Man City drew six games and lost three last season, and that, so that they and, and get ninety three points. By the way, and that's that's all. I think, I think that gets forgotten. That's a lot of. That's actually you know, there's nine games of football where City didn't take all three points. That's not a lot historically because that's ridiculous like because teams never broke 90 points it just didn't happen now it happens quite a lot but the fact is you can still do, you can still lose that many and still win the league on that's probably about the fifth or sixth highest ever points tally that a league I say it, it just means that you've got to you've got to make those points up somewhere else that's what I've, I've been saying for a while there's your Liverpool are going to lose games they're going to lose games this season they're going to draw games this season it's what it's what you class as a good draw and a bad draw. And now, further down the line, for example, last season we went to Stamford Bridge just after Christmas, was it, or around the Christmas period, and we drew two all. That's a good result. Yeah, but at the time, we felt like it was the shittest results ever because mm-hmm. it meant City's gap had gone to X Y Z. And in the end, it actually turned out it might have been because we didn't. We, we didn't. But that's the point is that you've got, you've got to go make these points up somewhere else. And there's a difference, right? And this is what this is kind of what's getting on my nerves. Like Liverpool were crap. Liverpool aren't crap. There's a difference. Yes. I have, I have <laughs> seen I have seen Liverpool crap. Liverpool teams play crap. Yeah. I I grew up with watching a lot of them. Yeah. This is a great Liverpool team who play crap. I would. Yeah. This manager and these players will sort this out. I would be shocked if they don't. Are they, can they get to a level where they win this title? Yes, they definitely can. Will they? Who knows? Mm-hmm. I think people just are so like you said before. Um, I think people have been conditioned 
to bl- to find blame, to look for blame everywhere. And to, when things don't work, what's the reason why? And that's because what a football analysis is. That's all match today is. That's all the experts Chris Kamara on fucking goals on Sunday. Every single goal that was ever scored was someone else's fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think he ever was. <laughs> Every single goal was like the defender could have been there, or why isn't? I was like, you never yeah. get to say. <laughs> It was just boss. That was just really good play from the time. We, you know, yeah. we, we we do that too. We do that too often. But actually, we don't have that balance when we talk about Liverpool because it's always our own fault and never someone else's. But someone that phone goal, by the way. And listen, by the way, it's, sorry, it's your job to do it on here. But this, that's where over analysis gets you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it okay. gets you where you, you you summed it up before. You summed up everything before by saying Liverpool play crap. But Liverpool are not crap. Yeah. That, that's that's it. And we, we do it because people. I think people are all are, are fast forwarding to the end of the season and going. Yeah. Well, we lost the league by a point. <laughs> what if that's the result? It and, and yeah, it might. It might. It might. And be. that's sad that you're going to enjoy the party. Exactly. Exactly oh. that. And that's the point. And so you can't. I'm looking forward to like Stoke City in the League Cup in a night game away. Yeah. I yeah. love games like that. Yeah. No, it's cold in January. Exactly. And, oh. that, and that's the thing. I, you know, and it's tough because we all feel this. I I, I feel like everyone feels acutely weird when Liverpool haven't won and that's the curse of being a football fan yeah, yeah. but that's that's part and part of it it's like you should be sign a contract when you start to support a football team and it's like you're going to get we're, we're, what we're going to give you is this but in, in return we demand this and what we're going to give you is you're going to be giving up your happiness <laughs> At you, times. you're going to be bartering or, or, or gambling your happiness each and every week twice a week but in return and it's only gambling because you can't guarantee a title, and you can't get you can't guarantee any of this. We're going to offer you the, the chance of silverware, and that's the smallest percentage. Yeah. And then a slightly bigger percentage is yeah. a win, yeah. and a bigger a percentage is a goal, and then an even bigger percentage is a nice bit of skill in a football match. And bigger than that is like a, just a moment to get you off your seat. And there's that's like mm-hmm. the quantifiable guarantees of becoming a, of being a fan of your football club, but. You know, but you in return you, you're you're offering up basically being miserable for potentially seven days. Well, I just say something. It's a, it's a really good analogy. You know, uh, what's name's going into the show tomorrow night? Uh, Jim Beglam. Yeah. Career got ended early. Stuff like that. I said to him, and he, 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 a lot of his story was about like how down he was. No one his career got ended early by that Gary Stevens tackle, which was a, a naughty tackle. Uh, and he was saying he was down and down and down for years. And when I seen him, I said to him. You have to understand, and I meant it. I said, I will cut off my arm with a rusty axe, as long as there's a doctor ready with the stitches, uh, to be in the 1986 FA Cup final team that done the double like you. So the high I got coming out of that game has hardly ever been bettered. Yeah. When we done the double against Everton 86, I literally come out the ground and I couldn't touch the floor. And I said to Jim, do you realise how I felt? So for just to play in that one game you played in, but that that is the bar with football. The misery comes with it. But look, on a thing of ninety-two football clubs, where are we in terms of happiness? Yeah, exactly, on. exactly. And again, it gets lost sometimes. Isn't it? And some people, some people are, are are heartened by comparison. Like that's the different, fundamental difference between me and my wife. I'll go. Well, you feel bad about this, but look at look at this, and she goes, it "Doesn't matter to me." I I I take great heart from knowing that people are in better or worse situations than I am. And I always I. I've referred to it loads on Redmond over the years. I had a mate in uni who was a Stockport fan. And it cool. was the day I know. And it was the day we sold Robbie Fowl and then we met in this club and I, and I had a face to the floor and he was like, What's up with you? And I went, We've just sold God. Absolutely devastating. He went, 
mate, we've got Carlton Palmer's our manager. We're fucking shit. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. And I had a boss yeah. night because like, by comparison, I was like, oh fucking hell, you've got to support, you, you, you've got no, you're like me, you've got no choice but to support your football club because it's something you were born with. Yeah. You never came, you just came, it was natural, you had no choice. You, you were with that football team for life and you're basically got a percentage of misery is far greater increased because you're a Stockport fan compared to me being a Liverpool fan. Oh and I feel sorry for you, but also that makes me feel a little bit better think, about Paul, my people, it's, it's hard to... There's a line between criticising and just being like really miserable about it. I thought Liverpool were crap. Like mm. I, Honestly, I can't emphasise how bad they were. It was like that first half in Spain when me and you were in Villarreal. Yeah. And it was like watching like... It was like watching 11 lads who just found the pool kits and played footy. We were like, what is that? But that doesn't mean that then it, it, it has to consume to a point where it makes you miserable, angry all the time. Does that make sense? Does that... I think people like to die on hills. I think people yeah. like that. I think some people like the misery and they like their anger and, and yeah. they, because they feel like it's theirs. It's like a possession. It's like an, a treasured possession. Fill your, fill your no, exactly. And diff- I but I don't feel, I, I'm not like that. So I find it hard to relate to that. To I'm not like that as well. And the difficulty with social media is to decipher between the two because you've got people who are just being miserable because they're miserable and you get people who are moaning because of the Fulham game. You're it's hard to see who's who on yeah. social media. See, they all go together. And comments live forever. And and in the, he's and also not being able to get tone or intent. And then of course you end up you end up blanketly presuming everyone is of a way. Yeah. So it's like so it's like presuming everyone who voted for Brexit was a racist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, as, yeah. a, as an example of it, which yeah. is, just couldn't be less the case. Yeah. But there, were a lot, but, yeah, but there were but there were a lot there were a lot of racists who voted for Brexit. But yeah. if you focus on them, it's easy to go ah, and then you end up with loads of people in entrenched situations because they're being chucked into camps that yeah. they didn't realise they actually agreed with, mm-hmm. you know, or, or you know, the, the, or shared values or views with people in that in that way. So it becomes a, it becomes a cesspit basically off, off the back of it. But the point is is that it's not that way. One thing I want to mention actually, which I thought summed it up, and I loathe loathe it be to to, to give a. A betting company, particularly credit, but the social media team of a betting company, the Paddy Power advert that came out last last week, when it had like the the fan and he was explaining to, like <laughs> what it was like, the older fan That's explaining to like the business, and I, you know it was a bit, some of it was a bit on the nose, <laughs> but you know when you see stuff like the um, there's a guys guys the exploding heads who do like comedy sketches, which takes the piss out of talk sport. And there's a few, and there's a there's a guy who does pitch meetings for movies, and and when you watch something, you think, oh shit. Why did, oh, I wish I'd come up with that. You know, the ideas are so simple. So, or someone's managed to boil it down into okay, but I thought that a bit absolutely nailed how I feel about going on social media. This just feels like a lot of people, it feels whether it's true or not, like a lot of real entitled minge bags yeah. who can't appreciate the good side because they feel like, I, don't know, I, I presume they feel like prognosticators, like they've seen through this all and they've. They've seen this deep light. They've seen the future, and it's this problem. That unless this problem gets solved, like they've, they've, they've come, they feel like someone's come back in time and gone, lads. We, there's an apocalyptic future here <laughs> unless we stop someone from you yeah. know from from from, do, from doing this. Yeah. And um, but what they have the inability to recognise that largely it's anxiety talking is the thing that. I think you know, I've only got a speech to my Sunderland mates. I've got a major Sunderland fan. I mean, they've got forty to fifty thousand in and around their town. Absolute fanatics. The thing about them is they can all get in the ground as well. Yeah. Whereas we struggle because we, it's a worldwide support now. And the Sunderland fan and what he's been through in the last 10, 20 years. Come on, perspective. You know what is, I think the main thing is right is that 
you ha- it's hard and this is this this is again we've done a few deep conversations this might be the same as that there's a ve- there's very there. there's, <laughs> there's, there's, yeah we started early with, with we're all gonna die yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're all on the inexorable yeah, path to the honestly, uh, I'm a base of nothingness I've been having an existential crisis for the last 20 minutes but <laughs> so let's enjoy the midfield before <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, Jesus Christ there uh, is an inability to accept that other people think the same as you or differently than you rather so for example I might think player X is good crap. You might think player Y is brilliant, yeah. and we can go okay, sound. Yeah. Well, I don't have to fight you until you until I change your mind, and you yeah. don't have to fight me. Yeah. You and that's it. It can be politics. Like there are members of my family who who have voted for political things that I just can't get my head around. Mm-hmm. But then I still talk to them about it no. because why would I bother? Because he's never going to change me, or she's never going to change me, and I'm not going to change them. It's like. It's like everyone's gonna be convinced that I'm the I'm right and you're yeah, wrong, yeah. and it, it doesn't it's have to be. Cause as well, isn't it? It, it, <laughs> just just agree to disagree. I, for example, I got it this weekend, and I was told I got horrendous dick this weekend. I've, and I, to be honest, it was because of stuff you said. It wasn't even fucking me. You just you said so, and I was like, but I, sound you don't agree with me? Absolutely fine. Do you, you do not have to think? You know, I I thought we had we had a bit of a row on the show. You thought Fabinho was worse than Henderson. I thought Henderson was worse than Fabinho. And then we walked out of here. I made a cup of coffee in my own. Yeah. Like, sound? Who cares? Like, yeah. who, who really? Yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a reluctance to agree to disagree at all times. Because yeah. there's niche cults around everything and you yeah. find people get an opinion and they need and they get validation on social media by finding another couple of people who share that opinion. Yeah. But then that becomes their identity. Mm-hmm. It's like if it's like people who... And they cling to, on to it. Well, yeah, but it's like, yeah, exactly. It's like people who for whom their personality or identity is Xbox. Or their personality or identity is Liverpool Football Club, you know, and it, it, and I think that becomes harder. I think the more removed you are, and this is not unifiedly true about people being from Liverpool or not, but I think you have to double down on it the further away you are because it's not as it's not as easy to connect with the football club. Mm-hmm. But if you've got if you if you've developed a group of mates, it's like you have it in, in school. You decide you like a type of music where you've got to dress a certain type of way. If you come in the next day and you've not got everyone wears leather jackets and you come in wearing a denim jacket then your mates are not going to talk to you because you're not like that. So you end up having to become more entrenched in a particular scene or, or way or, or thoughts or feelings or whatever. And we've had this over Jordan Henderson. We'll talk about this in the midfield chat a bit later on. But that's what's happening is that you get a lot of people... God, I'm sorry. Just... I took the, 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 the old conversation to this place. No, Sam. This is the deepest uh, LFC <laughs> conversation I've ever been involved in. I've been, been on Redmond <laughs> public shows anyway. But no, but this is, this is, this is, the, this is the problem with it all. It's, it's, it's hampering people's enjoyment. I do like it when people bite, uh, bite back. And I, I, I must admit, I, I say I got a... I got a I got more enjoyment out of that Paddy Power advert than I thought. I thought the Everton one was brilliant as well. By the way, the guy's he's getting treated because he's just he's been so sad and miserable, and he's feeling better. And it turns out because he's not been watching Everton all summer, which is why he's feeling better. Great. Just a quick one on that. What time you you're away from home? I mean, I've lived away from home. No, I lived one time. I lived in Florida, and I remember the football pub everyone used to go to and to watch all the Premier League. I went worse. I was bad. I was like, in the end, every time there was a game on, all the people like Chelsea fans, Tottenham fans who came in, leave him alone in that corner because I used to go, fuck off. Yeah. Leave me alone, get away, go on. Yeah. I went worse. Yeah, no, 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 so you have to. I'm have here. I'm not too bad. I'm cool here, but well, when I... no, but it's super. It's like because you've got to be, de- you've got to be demonstrably what you support or what you feel yeah, or whatever. You've yeah. got to, you've got to, you've got to amp, amp it up a little bit. And I think plus, I think David's talking absolute shite. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, that does help. Hundred percent. And then the last one is right. Is that there's a there's an inability I think to just to agree that like not everyone's got like a, a hidden meaning behind what they're saying. Sometimes people like going back to the Jurgen conversation. Sometimes he's just saying what he thinks. Yeah. Like you're not you're not saying. Well, I, I, you know, Thiago is injured now. Therefore, Liverpool need to sign him a field. That's why I know we're going to talk about it later. It, 
it doesn't mean like it's a hill to die on. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's nuance in all this kind of stuff. Like not like, sometimes people just talk mm. and because like people like talking and yeah, I like yeah. talking and you like talking and you like talking and that's sad. It doesn't mean you're. I'm trying to convince you or like I'm trying to swindle you into into doing something or mm. you know what? I'm just gonna say this because deep down inside I'm I'm I don't mean it, but I'm just trying to convey it's like it's nonsense. Like just sometimes talk about footy's fun. Yeah, and we'll all and we'll all agree in this. The footy's meant to be fun. That's ultimately <laughs> the point. And, and that's what I say about this is that. It is a leisure activity. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. But, you know, but unfortunately, we've been sold on it being more because everyone loves all this, like, do or die, like the heroes. This the means villains. more. Exactly. You know, well, it, is, it, it is more to know to a city like Liverpool. Yeah. It's part of people's lives and culture. It is. And certain football clubs and football fans don't get that. I yeah. mean, I've talked to other fans from, who support other clubs and they think we take it too far. Yeah. But I say to them, you don't realise how much that football club is ingrained in people's lives. 100%. But what I, what I mean by that, and I agree, like, football is a, is a central part of the identity of the city and the, mm. and the people and, and, and broaden that and it can be as much or as little to you as you want but what I mean is the win and the quest for the, the need to win and yeah, the need to win yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff is that for the why we, we I don't know why people were drawn to football but I, I just love football I just love I love kicking a ball I love I love that noise that a football makes when it pings off the off the woodwork and, and goes in I love the sound it's a, got a bit romantic on it like the ripple mm-hmm. of the net I yeah, love that same. I love the let off mm. when it goes in you know I love that like the, some of the best Goals I've ever celebrated of not coming Liverpool wins, you know, you know. I think back to Mohamed Salah, Tottenham Hotspur. We drew that game because because they, they got a late they got a late penalty. That was probably one of the the best let offs I've mm. had in a, in a ground for watching a football game, and no one ever talks about it because we didn't yeah. we didn't win the football match. But I that that they're the things that we're chasing. That's what that's that's what it's all about. Uh, right, we're gonna take another short break. We had a super chat uh, from Ashley Frith uh, coming. He says, hey, Redman, not sure if you remember me proposing, but my wedding is this Saturday. Part of the honeymoon is going to the Reds, YNWA. Well, congratulations, mate. Good luck with everything. Make sure when you're doing your post-speech that you thank your bride uh, and anyone who's majorly contributed towards the wedding. A few few tips from having been here. Always say how boss your bride is, and if a major family member who maybe you know has got a bit of a hair trigger... Um, make sure you thank them profusely for whatever small role they played in the wedding. That's all the advice. Speaking from experience, though. Absolutely. Right, yeah, very, very short break from us, and then we're going to chat about uh, Nicky's new play and the midfield situation for Liverpool. It is fucking August. It's baking hot. I'm not filming this in July in the middle of a heatwave. Uh, and we've got an incredible club legend competition for you this August. It is a signed Rome 77 shirt and it's signed by none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Phil Thompson. To be involved, if you're a club captain, go over to redmenplus.com and upgrade your subscription to Club Legend. If you're brand new to Redmen TV, then get over to redmenplus.com, sign up as a club legend you could win this incredible prize and other prizes that we give away for some reason every single month hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Yeah, we just had a little chat about how people have just got the wrong end of the stick in the comments yeah. over us using Sunderland as a comparison. Uh. We're not comparing Liverpool to Sunderland, we're comparing the happiness of of, of, of fans comparatively, of course. Uh, everyone is obsessed with their football club. Some people get more success for the being the fortunate enough to support a football club that's successful. Yeah. Most people will have got that. For the few people who don't, I don't I don't really know how to explain the it. The nuance of conversation can be lost sometimes, can't it? We've written it in text for we've literally yeah. said it in a moment. Literally a man who writes things for a living. right, sounds um, yeah, if you want to get uh, involved with that incredible competition we've got running at the moment with a Seinfeld Thompson Liverpool European Cup shirt, then you can Join Redman Plus, Club Legends here. It's amazing. Get involved. It's a ridiculously good prize. And we've had a few of these over the years where uh, last year or so where I'm really jealous that we don't get to put it on the wall, and that's that's one of them. Uh, right, yeah, we're going to chat about the midfield, but we've got Nicky Alton. Um, Nicky, YNWA, let's talk about six, baby. It's back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been, was it, was it 2014? Around there, yeah, was it the yeah, last yeah. time? Because yeah. there was, an, I remember it was just the incredible swell of optimism around the city at the time. Brendan Rodgers was the new Messiah. Uh, and then we got to go to the Royal Court and sing some Liverpool songs, feel really upbeat around the football club. Um, why, why, why is it back? What's, what was the motivation to, to, to bring it back to the stage? The reason it's back is uh, Jürgen Klopp, bottom line. <laughs> uh, and what happened was. Uh, it got called off because of COVID, like like life itself did. Uh, so it was supposed to be back about two and a half years ago now. So that's when it was coming back. It was to celebrate that win in Madrid mm-hmm. uh, and Jurgen Klopp and stuff. And the show literally has just had a lot of stuff taken out, had new bits put put back in. Liverpool, I have to say it's with clarity, like Liverpool's story is such a, a dense story. It's had that much success, and the reason I can, I'm going to say it anyway. The reason I compared it to Sunderland is because I know a Sunderland fan who's a fanatic like me, and his whole life's been misery. <laughs> where my life's been pure joy, yeah, virtually. So to to write Liverpool's show, it's a it's a case of uh, what you take out. So you go through the history of it, and then you go, we're going to have to leave that. We're going to have to leave that. Like the very first show that you came to see, Paul, we had no League Cup wins in it. We left them all out. We went sod the League Cup. It's the Mickey Mouse Cup. Yeah. So Liverpool's story is a case of taking everything out, not what you put in. There's loads. You could write three shows, literally write three shows. So what we did is we wrote it about people in the city, what it meant to them, and the reason it's back is because Jürgen Klopp. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I had such a good time with this, and it was, it shouldn't be understated. I like, I, I like theatre. I like musicals. And I remember I was having this conversation after the last one of saying, it's a Liverpool musical. And you were like, oh, I don't, like, I don't, not thought of it. You were just thinking about telling, the, the, telling, the, sto- telling yeah. the story of Liverpool. Yeah. But the, the, the musical side of things is so, again, it's so ingrained in the culture of the football club. Yeah. It's like a, a, an oral history, a musical history of the journeys that we've, yeah. that we've been on. And that's part of the celebration of it. That's, that's exactly what it is. And you know what? You did say that. I remember you saying it now. I remember me going, really? But it's it's even more music now. <laughs> so maybe you know, you had a bit of a say in that. But literally, you know, as I say to you, the reason the show's back is Jürgen Klopp. We've loved making the show this time because if I just say here, just for people who want to know, there was a Celtic supporter who wrote a book and it was called Celtic in Nine Lives. And I based the show on that, Liverpool's show, because what he did was he hung Celtic's history on nine individual characters. You can literally do Liverpool's like that. You can sort of go J.K. Holden, come on forward, you can go McKenna, then you can go sort of Elisha Scott, Billy Little. You come forward, you start going to the 60s, you go Shankly, and you can literally hang Liverpool's history on maybe nine or ten people. The thing is, the hardest thing with Liverpool is they won that much. Everyone's always going to say to you, you never mention that, yeah. you never mention this. And li- we are thinking now, if this comes back in three or four years, we're thinking of writing a whole new show. That's the point we've reached. Maybe the first act will be as it is. Just tell it slightly differently. But Liverpool, it's history's that tends to tell it in and another way. The thing is, for a, for a, obviously we talk about football, it's a leisurely pastime. But the problem is, you can't escape the the the, the tragedy that's that's part of Liverpool's history as well. Mm-hmm. And what I like is the fact that I mean, again, it's what makes for a compelling story. At the, at the risk of not looking to denigrate the actual tragedies that, that sort of happen, but and again, it's one of the things that draws people to Liverpool. What I like, love about it is that it, it doesn't. It's like doesn't pull its punches, but in a again we're talking about a, a form of entertainment. So you can go and have a drink and enjoy with your with your, with your family or your or your friends or whatever. But that's it. It, it, it adds it it all adds up. I think to making Liverpool what it is, and the fact that you actually were able to come back now and have a, a modern era of this where there is added success, I think only speaks to the just what a wonderful just what a wonderful story Liverpool Football Club is. Well, you know what I could have done. We literally could have just we could have went. There's the first act. There's the interval. The whole second act's going to be Jürgen Klopp. We could have, we yeah. could have told a forty-five minute story of from when he arrived and all the trophies since. We had to put all the dark bits in your Heysels, your Hillsboroughs. Uh, but what's happened? What Klopp's actually done? Two scenes have virtually gone out the show, which was the marches by the Union, the spirit of Shankly, uh, the Hicks and Gillette stuff. It's all gone. No one cares no more. Yeah. But you know when that show was first on, everybody cared about that because it was recent. That's the bit I remember when I went and seen it. It was 14, 14 was it? Yeah, 14, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the bit because it had just happened. And we still and we, we had these new Americans in and we were like, we were still a little bit unsure. Yeah. And the fact that you can replace that now, and I say, you can't even tell the, you couldn't even tell Jürgen's story in forty five minutes. You probably need the whole show for it. It's crazy. Like it's twenty fifteen Jürgen arrived. Yeah. Seven years. And it's just like you again. Every single season's been a roller coaster. It's, it has been crazy. Yeah. I just think it's it's crazy that it, I. This goes to show, like what Paul said before, and what you said, but we've all been saying, it's like this footy club is just unique. It's completely oh, different. Yeah. I've got a Man City mate, and he calls us like a cult, and yeah. he, yeah. and he yeah. means it as an insult. Yeah. But I take I take it as like almost like a, a compliment. Yeah, it is yeah. because like yes, we've at the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. Like it doesn't get any lower than what we've been through, and yet we're all still here. It's like resilience, and it's like a, it's mad. If you'd have been asked to write a play that 
fiction. You, you would never make this up because you're no. just it, it's it's too up and down. There's too much going on. Yeah, yeah. And that's and I when I to, I'm looking forward to going. Oh, obviously, we're going back to you in a few weeks time. But like, the Jürgen stuff in itself has been like it's almost been a Jürgen seven years have been like an, an almost a microcosm of like what it, of every of all of Liverpool and it, like. We got lucky in Paris that it wasn't the, as low as it could have been because it really was that bad. But like, every, it's, in terms of a, a football team, the highest of highs to the low. Like we've had lows. Yeah. Jürgen's time encapsulates almost. It, it almost reflects Liverpool as a whole. I think the thing that strikes me, and it, and again, it's for people looking to people in the city will recognise this, and but maybe have not thought about it, or people from outside the city might not understand it. But because we've talked about this about how people can take it too serious, and we're raised on you know like football's not a matter of life or death; it's more important than that, and this means more. And yet we've also had Liverpool fans go to football matches and not come home. You know what I mean? So it, you know, it, which it, that, things like that should trivialise comments like that. But we, but equally, we're going to sat here, sat here going, it does mean more to us. It's, it's actually ingrained in who we are. It's a, an essential part of this city and our identity. But what I think what people forget, and it's it, it's almost it's not a uniquely scouse trait, but it, it's it's only, you only find it in certain cities, particularly in, in England. And I always describe being scouse is like. Meeting adversity head on, and in Liverpool sense, it's screaming you'll never walk alone down it here until it gives up, and then taking it for a pint afterwards, mm-hmm. and that's and that's that thing of like we kind of we we it's like you're challenging. There's lots of really sad things that would put you on your arse, but invariably you pick yourself up, you grab the people around you, and you get on. You remember that life is short, and there's still you can still in the face of this, you can still have a laugh, and you can still get on with your life and still find an upbeat angle to approach things and that's what I think is what I think stands out about about the play is that you, you can go to the fact that you can go to something it's not a story it talks about real tragedies but you can still come out with a spring in your step singing the songs and having a having a smile on your face so yeah I mean obviously I, I implore people to go and check it out at the Royal Court no thanks yeah. Paul it was a difficult thing to, to write that because when we approached it uh, especially in rehearsals uh, the Hillsborough and the Heisel parts as well it was like oh, where do you go here going back to the spirit of what you talked about and I hope it's in this play maybe it's the fact that we're a port city and people have come to the city in the last couple of hundred years because it's not an old city I mean they say 1200 but literally the, the history of Liverpool is about 200 years roughly and it's mainly all people who've come from other places you know from Ireland from Wales from Scotland I, I was only reading recently of all the great entrepreneurs who left Scotland to come and live in Liverpool because Liverpool was a boom city where you went and made your money and all these Scottish entrepreneurs did all kinds of stuff in, in Liverpool which I, I always tend to go to the Irish thing because it's so big so maybe we've carried that, that tradition on of having nothing coming from nothing and there's always a brighter day around the corner yeah. and I, and when I wax and lyrical and start to sound all mystical about it I think that's definitely in the nature of the people it's a bit like somebody said to me one time Liverpool people are the kinds of person who they'll get run over by a bus and as they sat under the bus with the bus on top of them and half chopped and half they'll make a joke yeah. can't you just get this bus off your ticket it's, it's that kind of thing <laughs> can't park here lads yeah yeah whereas you know other people would just be screaming they'd be like a thing on casualty on the telly just ah or he's died a Liverpool person will crack a joke in serious adversity yeah. and sometimes it's taken wrongly but I think it's it's being able to laugh at yourself and not take things too seriously. So I think that with the newer fan base from around the world, I think that's sometimes where it often clashes with the older fan base uh, and people who were like even 30s and 40s. Theirs is a, a, oh, shut up, what are you on about? We've got this and we've got this. And, and this is true, actually, and this is one thing I can out because this is one of the things I can only speak to people locally is that the younger generation in Liverpool are not as not as 
hearty against that kind of stuff. They yeah, are more yeah. quickly embarrassed. Yeah. They're more concerned about appearance and how things will be perceived. Because it's a global world, and it's like saying, yeah, yeah. I, I've changed that. Like, yeah, yeah. I've ever, I can't remember. I've, 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 it might have been it was when, when, when Harlem missed against us in the uh, Charity Shield, and we were laugh, literally laughing at it on the show. And someone put a comment in the section saying, Well, that's going to come back. Why are you doing that for? Because when, when he scores on Nunes, misses, they're going to clip this up and use it against you. I was like, So what? Mm-hmm. Like, so what? Honestly, so what? who cares? Like, honestly, we, I, can, I can listen. I can laugh at myself all day long, and you should be able to. It was like that. We sang, You're gonna win, We're going to win the league after City in 2013 14 because we'd just beaten our title rivals. We were top of the league. Everything was going really, everything was going really well, and, and it, was a, it was like a, it just happened. And that's the thing. I think people forget sometimes that things just, things just come out. And, and, Do you know how big and, Liverpool and, are? Do you know the day that that happened? That show was on in the Gaiety in Dublin, and there was literally thousands of people walking through the streets of Dublin singing the same song. Yeah. That's how big Liverpool are. Yeah. And I was looking, going, "Oh my God, this is just a, across the water in a different city." Yeah. And exactly. And you can't, you know, that that's the point. There's like a, the collectivism. Some shit just happens, and you've got to enjoy it in the moment. You can't worry too much about what what what, what comes off the off the back of it. Um, so yeah, it's on it's on the Royal Court now. Yeah, it's on the whole of August. It, it ends, I think, the 3rd of September, which is Derby Day. Oof. So that can go like, bum, bum, bum. So, yeah, it's literally on the whole of August. Yeah, I, honestly, I, you know, I, we've racked lyrical plenty, but it, I honestly think it deserves it. I've been saying to Steve for weeks, I'm saying, like, I want to get down there and I want to get so much stuff of it because I, I had such a good time last time around. And, I, I, you know, we, we, we have a lot of opportunities where people say, when you promote this, when you promote that, like, I, like I would... Donald, yeah, I'd go to the nth degree to, to, to sell this to you guys because if you love Liverpool, if you like a good night out, if you want to, you want a reason to get out the house and you want to celebrate your, the thing, your passions, or if you want to know more about the club or you want to feel closer to the, the spirit of the feeling in the city, honestly, book it, get yourselves up to Liverpool for a night. I know there's um, loads of hope. People will be travelling in for home games won't they, over the next mm-hmm. few weeks as well. Like, it's perfect. It is genuinely. Yeah. It's, it's like you look home for something the night before the game or the night of. Well, the, I can't believe there was a couple of things in that 13 14 season when it was last time on. You had like the, the Hillsborough independent panel come out there was a charity game around that time I think it was, might have been the Gerard Carragher one at Anfield um, and this was on and Liverpool were going for the title and like I genuinely walked out feeling like Liverpool were back but you know and, and the thing is we weren't <laughs> at the time we just had a little sniff of being of being back Liverpool are genuinely back so you get to enjoy it in like not in like a nostalgic way mm-hmm. is you get to enjoy nostalgia but also celebrate what's going on as well so anyway get to the Royal Court in Liverpool and check out uh, wind up yeah, still about six baby um, right the midfield um, so I went through this because obviously it's the big talking point around Liverpool at the moment um, Liverpool's midfield options first of all this is the, this is the midfielders on the books at Liverpool Jordan Henderson Fabinho Thiago Alcantara Naby Keita Harvey Elliott Curtis Jones James Milner Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and then there's a few on the fringe potentially Fabio Carvalho um, and Stefan Bajetic Tal Morton's gone out on loan. Uh, Leighton Clarkson, I think, Scott, yeah, in fact, he's gone to Aberdeen. Scott has scored well. the hell, yeah, he did. He did. So you're looking. At, I think you're looking at legitimately eight to nine ish midfielders who could legitimately play in Liverpool's midfield. Now, Thiago out for six weeks. Oxford Chamberlain out for three months. Cater's currently ill. No one really knows where that is, but you imagine that won't be too much longer. And Curtis Jones has got an undefined timeline on that so there's at the minute right now there's four op- options been taken out of that which leaves Henderson Fabinho Elliot Milner um, Carvalho I am a kid yeah. Bajetic five to six um, I can't argue for utter clarity on this Nicky 
I would not turn Jude Bellingham down. I would not turn down a top quality midfielder. I would not, if Liverpool said, we are looking to sign someone, I would not be man in the barricades trying to stop that player coming into Liverpool Football Club in any way, shape or form. In fact, I would be openly welcoming these footballers. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think there's a single Liverpool fan who doesn't feel, share that, share that sense. Yeah. Um, But it is an awkward situation because... I think there's upgradable members. I think there are players who can be upgraded upon quite clearly in that squad. And I think Oxley Chamberlain's the obvious one. Yeah. He's been at the club a while. Yeah. He's not at the heights. Yeah. And he's in and he's had some injury issues and he's currently injured. But I th- I agree, Jürgen Kopp's also come out and said we're not gonna buy a, mid- a midfielder for six weeks. We need we need to buy someone when when you know we're gonna have too many options if they all come fit. We want someone for the long term. Mm. I can appreciate that it's an awkward situation. It's not as cut and dry as just going by a, a footballer. Uh, yeah, and I do think it's a game of football. You can overanalyze today, and, and we all can, but I still think everybody... You can't kid the majority of Liverpool fans, and they all do want to sign a midfield player. Myself, personally, I just think they should just go and sign one. But what there seems to have been a, uh, a history of in the last few years is we all know we can't spend at the city level. It's a... A business that's doing really, really well, the football club. So they obviously have got their way of doing things. But at this moment in time, it would cheer up the whole fan base and give the squad a lift. I think if they just went out and bought an absolute class midfielder. And I don't, I don't listen. Jurgen Klopp knows better than me, but I don't see it being a problem when you've got a scouting system that's probably as big as Liverpool's and and people around the world to go and find a player now who everybody just gets that lift from, who. I think he just back down checks that he's got to get on with people and da 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 da. But we we need a midfield player. We need someone now. I can't I can't believe that there's a Liverpool have got certain standards and I get that. And there's like it's almost like a filter on a computer. Mm. You just tick out is he a knobhead? Yes. Well, we're not signing him. Yeah. How much money does he? What whatever all these Who's things. The age. age, all of it. I I can't believe that when Liverpool put all their filters in, the only name left is Drew Bellingham. Yeah. I failed that just can't be the case. There must be other footballers out there who you can go yeah. and find. My yeah. thing on the, I saw someone tweeting me yesterday and again. It's come back to social, but like, well, would you risk not signing Jude Bellingham next summer to sign player X this summer? And the argument is, well, no, because you sign both of them. Like, yeah. at next at, at this point in yeah, as, as it stands right now, Ox, Naby, Milner won't be Liverpool players because they'll literally won't have a contract. There's a chance that some of that changes, but mm-hmm. as it stands, those three aren't. So, Jones, I think there's. Who knows where Curtis's future lies? Hendo will be older and will be unlikely to be playing every game anyway. Thiago, who again, I mean, I love Thiago, but his inavailability is an issue, which the doubt is. So they kind of left it like Fabinho and Harvey Elliott and, Car- and Carvalho going, well, those two are kids, who knows they are, and there's Fab. So Liverpool's got a peerless injury record. Liverpool himself. should have signed him a field that mm-hmm. in the summer. They, they just should yeah. have it. And yeah, we'll move. Like we we were oversubscribed on forwards last year when they, they just got Lewis Diaz done because there was the chance to sign Lewis Diaz. They got him, and then they waited till next month to go to Taki and to Divock and even Sadio. See you later. We'll use go. We'll get one more in. So yeah. you can overstock on things. I think it would be remiss of them not to sign a field. And now they should have done it anyway because all those players that we mentioned, you you've just listed ten lads there. How many don't have questions about them mm-hmm. one way or the other? There's no. There's no. Nabi Keys has got a question. Still. Of course yeah. he has. Everyone has. Yeah. The only one who hasn't is probably Fabinho, who, by the way, was fucking crap the other day. Mm. He's still brilliant, but like the rest of me have either got 
age, too old or too young, injury concerns, too old, whatever, too many, or just pure inconsistency, which is what Naby falls into, mm. or Henderson falls into that. Henderson and Naby, they're all in that range. There's always something about them. If the, like, It's hard not to pick over the garden fence sometimes and just look at Manchester and go, fucking hell, Bernardo Silva's just good all the time and always fit. Oh, my God, Kevin. Yeah, but Yeah, I'm, just to the point, though, is he? And we feel that way. It's not just peeking over the fence. Is that is that a grass is always green? Maybe it is, and that's what I'm saying. But it's hard not like you look at you look at Kevin De Bruyne and and, Gun, and there'll be City fans. I again, I'm going back to my DLA. Gundogan's got all the same problems. Me mate, exactly. My mates, I I look and think Gundogan, and he'll just list about twenty things why Gundogan's the worst player in the world. But we're all getting envious of players. So Calvin Phillips is the is the one. And not because I think he's good enough to play for Liverpool. He might be. I'm just, you know, I don't don't care enough about him to have a strong opinion on Calvin Phillips as a footballer. He just went and got him because there was a need. He's a footballer who's not going to play. He's not going to start every game for Man City, but they've just gone and bought an England international for a good chunk of change, who effectively is going to replace Fernandinho, who was who's a backup option. He might play. He's going to play. He'll end up playing a couple of games at centre half. He'll come in and he'll do what he did at the weekend when he comes in right at the end play a few minutes here and there, he'll keep Rodri fit and fresh. But that's the kind of player Liverpool don't seem to buy. Yeah. We don't seem to go and get the lads who is who know who's gonna know he's a squad player because that's not how our side's constructed. And if you start buying lads like that at Liverpool, we run the risk of undermining, I fear what we're doing. But the problem we've got is that again, what we all need is to is to is to someone to come back from the future and tell her it's, tell us it's going to be all right. No one's ever going to be able to do that. When I'm com- when I don't freak out about this as much, is two things. A, I've been reading the comments on Liverpool social media and, and videos for for you know for ten for ten twelve years or whatever. So I see this every year. We have this exact conversation yeah, yeah. every year. The Liverpool side There's, that won the title had people were just. Bollock and Genie Wijnaldum there's always <laughs> one position we are perceived to be too short in yeah, yeah. and the problem is is that the year one year we were and that was the year when all the centre-halves got injured that was the year where Virgil van Dijk got out for the season Matip was out for the season and Gomez was out for the season and then Henderson ended up out for the season for being the, the injured as well we exactly. signed Kabak and, and then we signed, injured yeah we signed <laughs> and he got out for the season you know, blah 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 and the problem is that that's like that vindicates the fear to some extent, every single season we've had this. Mm. And last season, what was it? Anyone remember? It was the midfield, I'll tell you. It was the midfield. We were having this exact conversation a year ago and all of the points were exactly the same. Oh, at the beginning of the season. This yeah, time yeah, last year, yeah. the exact conversation was Liverpool need to go and buy a midfield. Till the hunt for four trophies had all got forgotten, yeah. That's right, yeah. And and what we didn't because what we didn't know at the time was that Harvey Elliott could play in midfield, but then of course Harvey Elliott then got injured three games into the season and missed missed the vast majority of it. But we the only slight difference where I I, I agree that maybe what's happened at the weekend might shift our thinking, it's Thiago for six weeks. Makes a big difference. And it's, and they're all getting older. Yes. Yes, of course. They're all yeah. a year older, but also Jordan Henderson put more played more minutes and more games last season than he's ever played on the year. Which is a, which in itself is a worry. This this might Yes be- and no, Steve, but like when, when, when people are questioning people talk about his availability and people talk about that that he's it, shown it's actually it's actually possible people worried about like the centre halves like we, it's just because someone always had these problems we've actually shown weirdly that we can get more out of people in terms of minutes and availability 
what I mean by the Thiago thing is this time last season, Henderson didn't start the season because he'd been to the Euros with England. Thiago didn't start the season because he'd been to Spain to the Euros with Spain and he was carrying an injury. So we had to we had to ease him into the season. And we had a couple of other Naby Keita was still is Naby Keita gonna be capable of of, of of adding anything to Liverpool? We had the same question marks. Fab what, didn't start the first game, did he either? Fab didn't start Milner started the yeah, at the start at the start of the season because I think they'd had um Brazil due to copper. Can I just say something as well just to interject for a minute is your problem that you've got is you know the side that started against Fulham what we were talking about before about if you don't start at a level these players are all good footballers and if they're going to start at Fulham's level as in effort wise these teams will, Liverpool with their crowd with the, their passion with their, their history with them level of players at the Fulham level of effort they're going to drag you through games you could go to and on a 10 game run now with what we've got but whether they're going to be able to play to them levels of every single game, every single game, everybody knows now. We sh- surely in South America and Europe somewhere, there's a brilliant young midfielder who's 21, 22. Yeah. We can go and put 40, yeah. 50. And also, yeah, yeah, Paul, yeah. like the, the Thiago six games thing is that so six weeks, it's actually loads of games because September is yeah. full of games. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it, and that's what I mean. I it's think it's that, nine that's... games, which is almost a quarter. That you're missing Thiago for essentially a quarter of the season. It's it's the. True, it's mad when you say it like it's that. It's crazy, but it's the what what's happened unfortunately is that all the, a lot of the questions about a lot of these players that we had are starting to come true after one week. Yeah. We all knew Thiago is likely to get hamstring in just Listen, some point. And, and, you, you, yeah. you, and that's the point. And this is where I where I agree and where I, you know, I, what I'm doing here is I'm laying out I'm laying it out because there's a reality to this is that we always have these fears yeah, and sometimes yeah. very rarely do the fears are the fears realised. It was terrible last year. Yeah. And it got, got totally like rubbed totally, away. Totally, you know, and to the point where we had three or four really good lads who couldn't even get on the bench at the back end of last season because yeah, we had yeah. too many players and that's what Liverpool will be wary of. Yeah. I would still contend, by the way, that in terms of depth, in terms of quality of depth, we've still got more depth than Manchester City this season. They're just all injured at the minute. Yeah, But it's when will they be back mm-hmm. and can you cope until they get back? And when they come back, is that... What what was what's the damage done yeah, in terms yeah. of their fitness? Are they is that going to recur? Is that going to be a, is that going to be a bigger problem? We saw last season having Diaz. We I don't, we weren't meant to have Diaz, but we had our hand forced into Diaz. And it helped. And also we were meant to be buying, we tried to buy Carvalho in January as well, and we couldn't get over that that over the line before the uh, deadline day. Uh, window shut so we might have actually had ec- even more extra plays and that benefits us in a, in a big way so we've seen the benefits of actually going maybe one more than we than we feel can I just tell you can I just jump in very quick There's all, the argument I've got is that actually it's not for me it isn't a depth thing it's a gun by someone who starts I think I don't think it would be that hard at the moment to find a, a someone who just walks into our field for whatever reason whether it's I, dis- I disagree. I, I know that, I, yeah, we, we have, we have I, different I, views I, on, on t- players. Just take a breath on that a second. I, I, Do you think it would be easy to get somebody walks into Liverpool? Not easy. Field? I think there will be players out there who are available, yes. Yeah. I know for a fact there is. Yeah, yeah, there's, I mean, yeah but, but what I'm saying is like, ease is, is, okay, is, is okay. a relative yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. okay. When, when Liverpool, okay so this is the point. I know Thiago's injured at the moment, but he's not. He, when he when he's fit, he plays because yes. he's brilliant. Because yes. there's, there's very few footballers who are better than Thiago at what I he agree. does. I agree you. that right midfield slot is is unstable because I think I don't know that Jordan can consistently put the levels down at that on his day short against Man City in the Community Shield and some people disagreed but he had a good game in that game and he's had lots of really good games in that position but we're leading more towards I think him and Fabinho in rotation for the six which I think is absolutely fine I think Harvey can be a transformative midfielder on that side but then it's you're still looking at it's that okay so it's then Fabinho Thiago Harvey 
is anyone else as good as that Carvalho might be? Yeah, and that I, might I, be a transformative I, thing. I, I think you could. I think, and I'm kind of in you here, there's a player out there somewhere who's better than Jordan Henderson, who stays fitter than Thiago, who is fitter than all. You know, he's just a level above them all who stays fit all the time. I, I, I must say, and he has to be, he doesn't have to be the most solid of midfielders, but there's certainly the, there's the, I don't know, Let's say the the Joel Matip of of midfielders who's a really good player. Can I ask? Can I just to put that it level? In, who, you know who that midfielder was last season, and this is where everyone's head fell off. Can you remember? It was Sal, and it, was went, and it went to shit. Yeah, it was Sal Maguire. He was it's a full international. Played Champions League football. Been playing in the Liga for all of his career. A really high level. Playing for a good team in Atletico Madrid, and he went to Chelsea and did. Fuck all, yeah. barely got a barely got a kick, um, and didn't improve them. And everyone was dead certain that he would be an improvement on what Liverpool. What Liverpool it was had. like we had to sign Werner, didn't he? Got to sign Werner, got to sign Werner, got to sign Werner. Can I ask you a question? Can I just throw back to you? And maybe you was on it. Is that why do you think they didn't sign him in field in the summer? What do you think? Was it a case of they wanted these? There was two lads and they couldn't get any of them, so they just signed. Do you think that's literally the, the only reason why they've done it? I, I my I would surmise that maybe they think maybe they've got something. With Bellingham, like an agreement, whether it's a personal agreement, because it feels similar to Virgil Van Dijk this to me, and we didn't realise at the time, but Canate too, and that's what I mean. We're coming back from the future is in two or three years' time when Jude Bellingham's the best midfielder on the planet for Liverpool Football Club, we'll laugh at this, we'll laugh at how wound up we got. Because Liverpool goes on, and I know we're all living for the here and the now and this season, the season in front, and we don't want to feel like we're sacrificing a year of our lives for it. But we're existing in the past of that of the Jude Bellingham Liverpool future potentially. But the problem is we might not be, and this might be a mis- this might be total mismanagement because we've God knows we've seen that before. But Liverpool have, and again, this is why what I'm saying, trying to say is I don't I think Liverpool should buy a midfielder. I think Liverpool should go and buy a brilliant midfielder. But I'm also I've seen us get this right too many times for me to be. It's not I'm not losing sleep over it. Yeah, is what I'll say because I've why, got a bit more longevity about. That's it. why I always stay positive because they do always seem to get it right. They always I'm, pull it round. And no, I'm with you. Liverpool should have bought me here. They should buy me here. There is the is the is at the end of the world if they don't. I would say no. It, it, but I I will agree that the situation has been exacerbated massively because. Thiago's not going to be. He's going to miss nine, potentially miss nine games of football, and then how long? And then if he's missed that, does he then have little knock-ons throughout the season? Answer that's, is probably yes. That's why I'd sign a player yeah, mate, because exactly. of injuries. Because that, I, don't, yeah. I think he's too important to how we play. We've actually made and, and the other injuries too. It's just that the level of injuries, players are older. You, you know, you're going to be playing a lot of games when the league cup kicks in and all the other the Champions League. Kicks also, in. mate, like we built, we've we Liverpool changed. They got rid of a player who played every single game but wasn't as good as Thiago. They brought in Thiago. He was like world class he's brilliant but he's going to have missed like 40% of the games he could have played mm. some of it's not on him Richarlison broke his leg there's nothing you can do about that but some of it has been muscle stuff which kind of I think you know the, the biggest predictor of, in, of injury is previous injury like you can't injure stay injured kind of thing so Liverpool transformed to get Thiago in the team they changed a lot they, they broke the mould Liverpool don't sign players who are that old really and they don't spend that much money on them and give them that much wages and they don't really get lads who have got the injury history that they've got they gambled on Thiago and when it works it, it works brilliantly yeah. but at the moment we've seen the plus side of Thiago he helped us win two cups and we got we got close to winning everything the negative side isn't we're dealing we with the negative we need to be signing because I think in Jude Bellingham we're signing the next Jordan Henderson and people will scoff at that because they feel disrespectful to Jordan Henderson what I mean is a guy who is who can play box to box who's got great skill in, you know, in, in small areas he's, he, he got, he's, got this, he's got a much higher ceiling than Jordan Henderson but what I mean by that is you're upgrading on Jordan Henderson 
Henderson with this next lad, this next next in line. Who's the next Thiago? Because if you if you can't get if, we, if let's say Bellingham's the next Henderson in our plans, and you couldn't get him this summer, can you speed up the process to go and replace Thiago? We might have done that already, and Carvalho is a point, by the way, because Elliot might be that for Henderson, and Carvalho might be that for Thiago, and it's then who else? Who else can you get to, to, to fill in? Again, these are all unknowns, but I would also qualify this with, and it, I know it's a bit of a boring answer. There's like PhDs working on this. <laughs> you know what I mean? With like theoretical you know, scientific just, models yeah. that I'm not couldn't even. Do you know what? I was just thinking that. I was thinking that, and you know my my way of looking at it. It's sometimes it's an old fashioned. I think no around the world now on this planet now. There's got to be a footballer like Bellingham or like a Gerrard playing in for Boca Juniors or someone. <laughs> Surely we are looking at him and going, that kid's brilliant. He's 21. He's going to come here and tear the league up. Yeah. But then he comes here and you've seen him on the TV. He looks so good. And two or three games and you go, he's not that great, is he? We're not the Liverpool that we grew up on. And- no. You know, and it certainly means certainly this means is why I, this is why I don't often come on yeah. for that reason. Honestly, but more, but been, you know, there was a you look at the players that are being linked with like Newcastle and getting linked with even like Spurs, Man United, Man United. <laughs> you know, like Anthony's been linked with Man United. That's the kind of player who ten years ago we'd have been dead excited by because he's he's coming from the Dutch league. He's played a bit of Champions League. You can watch a bit of him, but you don't know loads. But he looks quite exciting. Yeah. Like Leon Bailey's a good example. Like you know, he's at Leverkusen, was turning up. He's a Villa, and he's had, obviously had tons of injury problems. But he looks a really good player. That's the kind of play you'd be like oh wow and it wouldn't matter because you'd come into Liverpool and if he only scored five goals you'd be a cult hero forever mm. you've got to be able to come in and score 50 if you're going to play Liverpool's front three you've got to score 15 to 20 goals to play in Liverpool's front three if you want to play in Liverpool's midfield you've got to be able to tackle like Fabinho you've got to be able to have the, the engine of Jordan Henderson and you've got to have the passing range of Thiago Cantara James Milner but that's it be, uh... you know the players for me and, and loads of people will disagree with me I know they will honestly I just think he and the club will know better and you said they've got PhDs working on it I look at Trent Alexander now if you drop into the centre of midfield now in like that Fulham game he's going to not give them an inch the way they're doing it that way he can play all day he can put Salah through all day sometimes at my back for me it just feels a little bit like he's he's still a little bit wasted because yeah. he's that good yeah uh, again and that's a random thing like Calvin Ramsey could come could come good and then Liverpool are forced to change their their, their plan a little bit you know and mm. maybe that, that frees up I don't know the point is we can never know mm. and I agree that it doesn't solve the fears and the fears would all be solved by Liverpool signing someone they probably should do they pro- what I'm saying is they probably won't so try not to get too wound up about it because it doesn't impact you, you still, we've still got to turn up and support the team don't let it don't let it take the edge off supporting still the best Liverpool team we've ever seen in our lives yeah. because of, because of a bit of because of transfer business to the point and the point I'm trying to make the circumstances are not identical but we had this exact conversation last summer and Liverpool nearly won a quadruple this year nearly did the impossible and the the, the midfield options are arguably okay not today because of a couple of injuries but like Harvey Elliott is a year on, a year further on in his development. Other lads are a year further on in their understanding of being Liverpool footballers and all those kind of stuff. Don't let it, don't let it get you down too much. But Liverpool, if you could just sign someone, that'd be great. <laughs> the fact again, boils down to they clearly wanted Chumani, and the fact that doesn't get across the line, it's mad that they've then not gone and bought someone. But again, we were sat there when we didn't sign Virgil Van Dijk going. Well, we clearly need the centre half because they've gone for Van Dijk. Well, they can't get Van Dijk. Go and buy someone. Just go and buy it. Go and buy any. And I reference it. Stefan de Vrij was the one. Everyone's like, go and buy him. He's the other one linked. Just go and buy him. Centre half. Just go and buy him. And they were going, no, we've got good centre halves. We had Lovren and we had Matip and we had Gomez. And they were going, it takes a lot to be better than that. 
and we go, oh, no, 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 don't be daft. You can dead easily get another centre-half, and we waited, and we got the best centre-half you probably ever played the game, because <laughs> we waited. We did the same way in the January, I was going, we've got no centre-halves, going by a centre-half, and they didn't. They got Ozan Kabach alone, who ultimately was a bit crap, and they bought Ben Davies, who's not, who's not kicked the ball for us, because they knew they were getting Canate, and now we've got the four best centre-back options any football club's got on the planet because they made sure they, they, they got the right one. They made they made weight and, and it was sound. Doesn't make us feel any better here in the, na- in the here and now. There's also what's name, an element of what's name here, you know, uh, a lot of uh, younger people really, really badly want to win the league again. Now, Liverpool, you look yes. at that Barcelona game and they won 4-0 and everybody before that game's thinking... Okay, we're going out, but just go out with a little bit of something because the team that played that night had injuries and stuff, and we were down three and whatever. And then we hammer Barcelona. You can't do that over every single week. You can't do a Barcelona kind of thing. But me as an older fan, what I know at Liverpool is, if Liverpool end up third or fourth in the league, it won't be the end of the world because we'll go out and we'll go and win a trophy. Yeah. We'll go and win. Yeah. We'll be in the Champions League final again, or we'll be in the semi final. And moreover, he. It's now's not the time to write off Liverpool's potential no, chances of anything because no. we're one game into the season. Never, <laughs> they've already lifted a piece of never, that they haven't lifted before. You never before. do that with Liverpool. No, never, exactly, exa- exactly that. It'll be, and one other, th- uh, but my, I get a final point on it. Ultimately, we've got three weeks left of the transfer window. If they do, amazing. Everyone will be made up if they buy someone that will ease our pressure immensely. If they don't, it's Liverpool Football Club. What will what will actually ha- more likely happen is another hero will rise. Someone else will rise to the challenge and make themselves a Liverpool hero because that's what happens, and that's your Barcelona point. Is that that was the moment where Jean Jacquery comes out of nowhere and sets up Jenny Van and that's mm-hmm. the moment where James Milner comes on at fullback. You know, <laughs> you know exactly. You got these these random heroes crop up. Yeah, that's football. You know the the pressure will be turned to Harvey Elliott and the pressure will turn to Fabio Carvalho and it will turn to Curtis Jones or Darwin Nunez. Yeah, exactly. You Curtis know, Jones is the one more than anybody you'd love to see step up yeah. and become a brilliant player for us because yeah. he's a local kid. Yeah. Everyone knows he's got all the skill in the world. You just want him to be that player, don't I you? Totally. I totally agree on that, but yeah, again, at the moment I understand it feels a little bit, a little bit up in the air. The obvious mm. solution is to buy a footballer, but that's the thing. That's because that's what we're privy to. We'd all do that. Let's just, go, let's just go and do that. But if not, it's not. It's not, ultimately it's not the end of the world. It's not. Um, uh, Callum Blake sent a super chat in where we were chatting from a conversation earlier. He said when Jurgen Klopp makes uh, excuses, he takes media criticism and pressure away from the lads. It works every time. He knows what he's doing. That's an interesting that's point. Just kind of back that's up. That's right. We that, there's two ways of looking at it. It's either he, he's either a genius or he's just dead honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably both. After, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, <laughs> definitely a bit of both. You know, he wears his heart on his sleeve, doesn't he? Um, right. Thank you so much, everyone who's joined us for the podcast this week. Do go and check out why. At the Royal Court for the rest of August. Whether you're looking, you know, and I know, I know from my personal situation, I know Steve can relate to this. You know, some old days, the kids are climbing all over you. Maybe you know, hand them off for the night. You want a reason to get out the house. You know, well, this is on. It's only on for a few weeks. Go and get your tickets booked. It gives you a reason to go out. It's in the diary. You've got, you've got, you've got built to mums and dads and babysitters. I've got this in the calendar. I've got to go. We've got these tickets. People <laughs> will always be more forgiving of you when you've got plans set in stone. Uh, go and check out. Have a boss night. Have a good old sing song. Get closer to your football club. Uh, and of course, support local creativity as well, which is always a very good thing indeed. Um, Nicky, thanks so much for taking the time. No, thank you. Coming brilliant, up, brilliant place, this. Love it. It's funny because uh, me and Nicky have known each other quite a long time from me from me doing Redmen, but yeah, from back in the day of it being in the back room of my house, the first time you've been in the proper studios. Yeah, like, it's so. fantastic. Well done for setting this up. Funny, funny. 
journey we've all been on in this. Uh, and of course, thank you so much to Steve. Thanks to all the people who said nice things to Steve this weekend because the internet's full of beats. <laughs> uh, right, we're going to be chatting a little bit about that. We're going to be doing podcast extra. Nicky's going to be stepping out uh, to get on with his day. Ross is going to be joining us in the studio for podcast extra, which is all the stuff that we couldn't possibly broadcast on YouTube and, uh, and put on podcasting services. The more X-rated version of the podcast we have, the weirder, wilder stuff. And uh, people always say to me, like, uh, when are you going to bring the Mage and Page podcast back? The closest thing to that podcast is podcast extra on Redman Plus. So go over there, redmanplus.com, sign up uh, and get our unbroadcastable podcast extra show in video and <laughs> in your ears in podcast form. Uh, but other than that, thank you so much for joining us, uh, for listening after the fact, and for all the people who joined us live on the podcast uh, and commented, who, uh, and particularly to the ones who didn't get the whole Sunderland reference, <laughs> it'll come to you. Ask you, ask, just ask someone for help to figure it out for you. You'll be fine. Gents, thank you so much, uh, and we'll see you for another podcast next week. Get closer to Liverpool Football Club and the amazing city of Liverpool with Red Men Plus. More content for your eyes and ears, documentaries, extra bonus Red Men shows, podcasts, features, interviews. Get close to the culture of Liverpool Football Club on Red Men Plus. Thank you so much for that. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want more Red Men in your ears, then consider signing up to redmenplus.com. You get everything that's on the website in video and if you want it in podcast form uh, from £5 a month, redmenplus.com. You get two free items of merchandise every single season. If you sign up as a club legend, you get 20% discount codes every single month. Exclusive discounts from our partners as well as your name and the credits and each and every Red Men Plus show. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart. A better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.